0: It's a feeling, 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 it's a feeling I woke up to it, heavy, alight with trueness, always a way of losing, compelled to knew it, my body traveled. My mind waits behind the music, my crime be muses. relax inside my shiny blueness, time I understand it, but I never choose it, I can't explain it with words. I have to do it, the ship I came here on vanished, we automatic, who try to plan it, but yeah just when it comes, handle it, behind the lessons, miles beneath the slick dressing, niggas distressing, about shit they should be sure they guessing, I twirl it cool and peel the you cause they are arresting, Though Jumpsuit and Chinese slippers I'm still impressive All oh. up on the racks Old school cat from way back Gave him my meal Cause he not wiping off This my impression He asked me How you float all sharp And always have a fresh one And seem to know the answer To the most proverbial questions I told him Wanga Ecchi Swirled it in a book of sketches I find the diamonds Underneath the subtlest inflections Hard oh, dude The spicier the food When you choose Fuck they rules It's a feeling It's a feeling It's a feeling, it's a feeling It's a feeling, it's a feeling It's a feeling, it's a feeling
1: What's going on? How y'all doing today? This is episode five of Chill Time is Will Time. I am uh, coming at you guys after a nice uh, long workout today and um, a nice little walk, kind of finally get a, uh, get out and enjoy the uh, nice weather that we finally got here. Um, as always, work week's about to start. And I just want to get uh, get this podcast out there, um, so I have give give people something to listen to on their way uh, on their way to work, on a, on a nice Monday morning. So I want to uh, one of the things that I'm going to do different today is I'm going to actually going to start today off with a event session. Um, and so I basically, what I'm going to do is just vent about some of the things that I have run across in the news and stuff. Or the airwaves that I think are just absolutely ridiculous And something I want to speak on Get that off of my chest or whatever Then get into uh, my topics that I got on hand So one of the uh, one of the number one things that I kind of wanted to vent about Is late, uh, earlier this week I saw There are a lot of talking heads and pundits Whether it be CNN, Fox News, um, so be it uh, talking about the issues with Syria um, and uh, the U.S. Air Forces or U.S. Armed Forces firing missiles off into Syria. Now, granted that I thought that, no, you know what, forget it. We're going to take my opinion off of that. We're not going to get my opinion on, on that. I'm going to go ahead and get into what I wanted to talk about um, as far as what I wanted to vent about. Basically, what I'm going to tell you is I'm very tired of every time there's something going on in another part of the world, America, its citizens, its talking heads always got something to say. It's not that I don't feel bad about the things going on in these other countries. I think they're tragedies. I think that they need to be addressed. And I think it's part of being part of being a decent human being when you see people in trouble to help them out. Where I am kind of growing weary and getting tired, and uh, grow, you know my, my patience is running thin. Is we're always talking about humanitarian crisis and human rights violations going on in other nations and with their leaders. We're quick to fire missiles or drop you know drop troops across the borders in other countries. Um, that we see displaying human rights violations or doing things that we don't approve of to their citizens or if we don't approve of the politics of their leaders. What I can't understand is how are we so quick to do that there when we never addressed our human rights violations that we, uh, you know, that, that this country as a whole commits on an everyday basis here? This nation's entire international uh, uh, um, policy is just hypocritical. How do we how do we reconcile the fact that we are constantly standing up for people in other nations, um, refugees, um, immigrants, but. And, and the human rights violations that they go through. Because believe me, believe you be, it's not a joke. I've seen, you know, all you have to do is turn on the CV and you can see the horrible things that are going on in other nations. But minorities are going through that same thing here. I don't understand. Like, b- b- African Americans, for the past 400 years, live in co- a constant state of trauma and hyper-awareness because of the systematic murder and abuse Um of their of their civil rights that they face on an everyday basis here in America. Every day. Every day a black person has to worry about how they interact with police officers. They have to worry about the lack of resources they go into schools. They have to worry about the disproportionate jail sentences and things like that given out. The, the 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 fact that you know minorities here, whether they be black, brown, You know, who, whatever Live in a constant state of Stress and trauma You can't, that, to me That eerily, is eerily similar To the stresses That refugees face from war-torn areas I mean Get at me if you disagree But I think anybody who has you know common sense or or pays attention to anything can see that it just astounds me that we you know th- th- this nations uh, uh, politicians and and pundits can get on this you know righteousness pedestal talking about how other nations need to treat people when we constantly do absolutely everything we can to to perpetuate the same abuses to to minorities here, and the moment minorities want to speak out about it or want something equal, they are told to shut the hell up or or you know locked up or or ignored. You guys have heard me talk plenty of times about the the different type of narratives that are put out there for you know black and brown folks, the type of attention that's given to black and brown folks, um, <clears throat> the I mean, basically, it's it's almost like in America, they want black and brown people to serve as just, a, you know, a minstrel show. It's like the majority of America, white America, is happy for us to sing, dance, score points, all that type of stuff, tap dance for them, make records for them and stuff like that. But the moment we speak out against something else or or, or speak out against, you know the abuses that we face and wanting civil rights. Everybody wants us to shut shut the hell up and sing, shut the hell up and dance, shut the hell up and play ball. It's not okay. And I think that's something that we need to start addressing too, man. We need to really start... Like I said, it's not that I don't have empathy or sympathy for what people in other countries are facing, but all I'm saying is, when are we going to start to put ourselves first too? When are we going to start to have the same type of fight and vigor and, 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 and things of that nature that we have for people in other countries and have that for ourselves because, like I said, we live with the same traumas and stresses as well, and it's not okay. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's being handed down to our children, and and it's really having a, a detrimental effect um, on our population as a whole mentally and emotionally. The second thing I want to vent about is time and time again I've always tried to I've not defended Kanye West but I've always given him as much as I think as much as I think he lacks character or whatever as a person or I think he can be a bumbling idiot I've always given him credit for being a, cre- a very creative person because I really do believe he is but after this podcast I will never utter this dude's name again because he is after the statements that he made about Candace Owens, I gotta call him Kunye West now. I just can't I can't do it anymore i can't I can't you know what I'm saying like I can't go on with this dude anymore so if if nobody knows what I'm talking about, Kanye or Kunye West uh today or a couple of days ago maybe. Um, I guess sent out a tweet or something like that and said something that he likes the way Candace Owens thinks. So for those of you who don't know, Candace Owens is basically the black mouthpiece for the far-right media. She is a black woman who denigrates black folks, talks horribly about black folks, and even goes as far as to say that the... uh, The deaths and the shootings of unarmed uh, black men, women, and children by the police are not race-related. Kanye goes out of his way to talk about to say how he basically kind of kind of supports the way she thinks. He says, "I like the way she thinks," Um, and you know, kind of saying that it it it, the reason is because she's an independent thinker. Well, a lot of people are independent. You don't have to be. Um, a dependent thinker, or you don't have to be. You can be an independent thinker and call racism for what it is, and call stupidity for what it what it is. And the things that she stands for and the things that she says are just downright stupid. The people who she aligns herself with, being the far right, are stupid. If I'm not mistaken, she she even um, has appeared on or or talks with the uh, that cat Alex Jones on Infowars. She's an absolute idiot. She is a, a, a coon for all coons. Seriously, she as a black woman she does so much damage to to the African American race. Matter of fact, I have included her on a very select group of sellouts or bad examples of African Americans. Or uh, a team of African Americans Who does the worst damage To other to the, to the cause of African Americans I call this special group The Coon Tang Clan and and, and and on that group In that group We got Candace Owens We got Sheriff David Clark We got Ben Carson We got Pastor Mark Burns Who was an absolute idiot as well And even he's even been called lying about his accreditations, you know what I'm saying, whether or not he went to college or not and where he graduated from and stuff like that. And Amarosa Manigault. Today I have to finally say that Kanye West has now been drafted to the Koon Tang clan. These <laughs> these group of individuals who could who have ascended to at least some some source of prominence in their professional lives. You would think that they would use that for good to kind of uphold black America and be a great example and kind of help lead the way um, to improve things for for African-Americans in this country. All they have done is, along with, you know, a lot of Republican policies, work together to like just set this nation back, you know, generations, decades even. They are the worst example. Like, if I had a child, I would hope and pray that no teacher in any school ever told them about any of these folks. They are the worst possible examples of African Americans, in my opinion, that are out there. Like, for real, Kanye, you you, you, you follow her, you support her because she's a so-called independent thinker. You could you know let me give you a clue. You can be an independent thinker and still be wrong about stuff. You, just because you're an independent thinker doesn't mean you're right. Just because you're an independent thinker doesn't mean that you can you can't say something stupid. And so far, you and Candace Owens who consider yourselves to be these great independent thinkers are proving yourselves to be some of the most ignorant people th- that I that are walking this earth. You're ridiculous. So with that being said, I'm going to end the little vent session and go on to the rest of my topics. But I kind of just needed to get a little bit of that off my chest and um, and just say that. I hope whoever uh, is listening to this, I hope y'all circulate that too. You know what I mean? Put that out there. I don't want anybody. I hope Kanye, Candace, Mark Burns, Daryl Clark, Ben Carson. I hope whatever support that they may still have in the black community, I hope they lose it all because they're doing nothing but, but holding us back and tearing us down. I can no longer even, like I said, I can no longer even give Kanye credit as being like a creative individual. Like, I'm just done. And with that, I'm done talking about that cat. So to get back to um, my main point, um, one of the main topics that I wanted to talk about on uh, this episode 5 <clears throat> I wanted to talk about what it means to be um, Your best self um, And for for those who may be confused about What I'm saying with that um, To be your best self Means who are you or, or what type of person are you When you are at your best When you're your happiest, you're your most productive When you are really serving your quote-unquote purpose or cause um, in your lifetime. Um, And what type of things do you need to do to be your best self? Like, for instance, I figured out for me when I'm at my best self, I am definitely creating things. Podcasts, art, collaborating, networking, forming groups, um, all of that. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a creator. I'm an imaginative person. When I'm at my best self, I am doing that. Now, to, to help support me um, to be at my best self, or the things that I need to do to help me um, be at my best self, I've realized that a couple of things that I need to do is I need to be relaxed. I am not the type of person that is at my best self when. I am like very stressed out or worried about something, or just not, not not very comfortable. Now that being said, it takes a lot for to stress me out. I am most people who know me will know that I am for the most part a pretty even kill person. There'sn't a ton that like really gets me off my mark or um, it might be something that displeases me, but it doesn't um, it doesn't you know tear up my whole day. Um, it's got to be something pretty major. Um, so so when that does happen, I'm like I said, when that when a type of thing does happen to really change, you know, turn my world upside down, I am definitely not at my best self. So <clears throat> I have to be relaxed. Um, I'm also at my best self when I am meditating consist- consistently. Um, because when I meditate consistently, I sleep better. I'm a type of person who, historically, as long as I can remember, I've never gotten good sleep. Um, I've never slept. I'm not gonna say never. It's hard for me to sleep, get good, great sleep, um, consistently. To string even two or three days in a row, it's hard for me to get more than like four and a half to five hours of sleep. Sometimes, even when I am in bed for longer than four or five hours. It's often sleep where I'm constantly waking up and, and laying back down or falling asleep or just laying there. Um, and so, and so, I realized, you know, I gave a shot at meditating to see if that would help, and come to find out, so far, um, it does help me. I still have some times where even meditating doesn't help help me out, but for the most part, it has been something that is has really helped me out with my sleep. Um, I'm also at my best self when I can see a goal or purpose in what I'm doing. I am not um, really a person who does things just to do them. Even small things, even small tasks, like there's a purpose behind why I'm doing it. Even if it's just something as basic as I'm doing it just because simply I enjoy doing it. Or I'm doing it because I told myself I wanted to try something that I never tried before. I'm not one of those people that it just flippantly does things with with no point or purpose or goal in mind. Um, every now and then, I you know I, you know that does happen I'm, as I'm sure with a lot of people, but predominantly that's just not how I operate um, at all. Um, I'm also at my best self when I like I said before I'm in a position to use my imagination a lot. Um, Something about me that a lot of people don't know is I daydream a lot, like constantly. I'm always thinking of the next project or how I can tweak something or how I can, you know, blend, bend, or break something to create something else um, of some type of alternate reality, anything. I'm constantly daydreaming. A lot of the times when people are talking to me, I hear what they're saying, but what they don't also realize is I might not even be completely focused on what they're talking about, because I might be daydreaming about something. But as weird as that sounds, like I'm, I am at my best self when I do stuff like that. I am still productive when I do things like that, because that is, when I'm like that, I'm still contributing to to that creative part of myself. I'm still contributing to um, that desire to to bring something into fruition um, that I've been brooding or thinking about for days or weeks on end that's just that's just how it goes um and I, you know what I would have to take if I were to take a wild guess I would assume that a lot of other creative people maybe the you know maybe may the exact same way um I'm also at my best self when I am along with the daydreams but I'm also, like pondering the different questions uh, of life when I'm constantly asking questions, being inquisitive, being curious, um, and trying to extrapolate the meanings out of why I have certain questions, the answers that I get to those questions. It's, for me, it, it's, it's like it's always like the next thing. Like it, I think it feeds into that desire of mine to have to learn. Because for me, learning means growth. Um, Learning means, you know, mental, mental, emotional growth. And if we aren't mentally or emotionally growing, what is it that we're really doing here? What purpose are we really, what purpose are we really serving? We're all here to do something, whether you're religious or not. I would like to think that everybody believes that we're here to do, that we're here to do something. I'm not a very religious person, but I don't. I I just don't believe. I don't think that you have to be religious to believe that everybody serves a purpose. You know, I even have a tattoo that says from uh, a Shakespeare quote on my shoulder. Um, it's from the play As You Like It, and it's the quote that says, <clears throat> "All the world's a stage, with its men and women merely players." That quote symbolizes to me that no one person is bigger. Than, than the than this player, this theatrical performance we call life. like everybody's got a role in it. Everybody's got to play their part. and just because one person is gone doesn't mean that that play stops doesn't mean that that production stops. It just means that their role is over for that moment that moment in time. And so to me that has that that is similar that has a link to. Um, why we why we ask questions Why we stay inquisitive Why we need to grow Because we're, we're serving that role we're serving, we're, ser- we're serving that purpose I'm also at my best When I think my curiosity goes unchecked I I don't like when people try to put limits on me I don't like to put limits on myself I'm a firm believer that you're going to run into—and I definitely don't like to put limits on myself. I'm a firm believer that you are—throughout life, you're always going to run into people who are going to try to limit you. You're always going to run into people who try to—because they don't have belief in themselves, a belief in what they can do. Their ceiling, they're going to try to make your ceiling—their your, uh, your their ceiling, your ceiling. They want to make their impossibilities your impossibilities, And so I believe if if that's what I'm going to run into in life, then I'm definitely not going to do that to myself. I'm not going to limit myself. I'm not going to doubt myself because I'm going to run into enough people in the world who are going to try to do that. So I best not be one of them. Um, And that's just some advice or whatever that I would throw out to other people out there too. Don't be one of those. Don't be one of your doubters. Leave that to other people. Let them waste time doubting you and not believing in what you can do. But make sure you believe in what you believe in yourself and what you can do. Don't put limits on yourself. Don't let anybody else put limits on you, and don't believe in the limits that other people put on you. I am at my best self when I'm thinking like that. I'm at my best self when I am behaving in in, in a way that I almost feel um, unbeatable or. Indestructible when it comes to my curiosity and my creativity. I think if I were to have those things taken from me or be in a position where I couldn't think or feel that way, it's akin to a slow death for me. It's definitely not something that I ever want to experience or I want anything anybody else to go through. Um, but I believe it or not, there are plenty of people that we you know out in the world who are. Thinking and operating in that same mode, they don't have an original thought for themselves. They don't. <clears throat> they don't believe in themselves, and therefore, they're not being them be- their best selves. Those people are dying a slow death every day because they're not even living their life. they living. They're living somebody else's life. They're living a life that somebody else has set for them. There's no way I could do that. There's no way I could do that. There's too many people in my life who a sacrifice for me, to to behave in that in that in that, in that manner. Um, I'm a person who's innately drawn to creative people and creative things. But there's also one thing that um, that I discovered about myself that I've also been asking a lot of questions about. And I think it's when I'm being at my worst self, when I'm being my worst person. Even though, um, like I said, I always have to be, I'm drawn to creative people, creative things. I'm at my best self when I'm creating, imagining, daydreaming. Um, Even when when I'm resting, I always feel like I have to be doing something. Even when I'm physically resting, my brain is always going, thinking about the next thing. Um, Not always business-wise, but the next creative thing, the next project. The next question to be to be solved about life. Next question to be solved about the stars. I have also learned about myself that there are times that a subconscious part of me, I think, will hurt people or self-destruct. Um, those self-destruct with myself, or those relationships. And for the life of me, I can't, I can't quite figure out what that is. I am um, at my worst self when I don't allow the creativity uh, and imagination um, to really run wild, to take hold. When I let, when I let these blocks get a hold of me, I don't believe that I am a happy individual. I think because it is it has a feeling of limitation and has a feeling of that I will just be like any old average person out there and when I say any old average person out there I don't necessarily mean that it's a that everybody has to be a superstar everybody has to be um, famous or whatnot. but I mean what i mean by that is like when you're being when you're allowing yourself to be average you're not allowing yourself to really tap into your potential and maximize everything about you that there is i hate that i hate when i feel those mental blocks come on i hate when i feel like this block will come up when i'm working on something and a block comes up that stifles my creativity or i push away the creative people or self-destruct or, 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 you know, harm the the creative relationships or the relationships I have with people who help foster the creativity within me. Because I'm a firm believer that creative people, once they get together, they, they cultivate that, that attitude and the ideas within one another. I don't think that there is any... Um, coincidence about that that creative people are drawn to other creative people it's that it's that subconscious energy that is attracted to to like-minded energy so it's like it's only natural um as far as me wondering me having an answer to why I self-destruct with that sometimes why oh, I pushed push push away people or can sometimes I don't do it often, but I have there have been times when I when I look back on it, I didn't know I was doing it at the time. Like I've harmed relationships um, with people who have just really been trying to help me before, or people who have been a great influence on me before. Um I I the only thing I can think of is subconsciously, I'm afraid of realizing everything that I've ever dreamed of. That it could be quite possible that my subconscious self has always dreamed and imagined everything that my mind could possibly think of. That I... Every grandiose idea that I've ever thought about, every grandiose feeling that I've ever had, that when I'm in position to actually get over the hurdle and reach those very things the 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 whatever it is that has helped me get there that maybe it's possible that I get afraid and so i cut that relationship off or i i, I do some type of damage to it because the best way i could put it maybe i'm just not ready as much as consciously as i think i'm ready to see to the to the ends of the universe and see what's at the very end of space and make some type of huge um, scientific or creative breakthrough. Maybe there's just still that part of me that is afraid of the unknown. And so when it feels like I'm about to do that, I screw it up. I imagine that other people who are emotionally aware or have the emotional intelligence... To look inward can probably say that they may have done the exact same things before, whether it be with opportunities or people. When something good has come at you, you've run away from it. When something has been put there to help you reach your truest potential and reach heights that you've never been been before, like it was like a reflex. Your Your mind says, oh, my God, like, I don't know. What that's gonna look like, I know what I've I've dreamed about. What it's gonna look like, and I say I want it, but I don't know what that's gonna look like. So I gotta shut that down and get away from it. I think, I think that that could be a possibility to why that has happened with me before. I think it's sad that I there have been times where I've let that happen, but I also think it's great that I've finally been able to realize it. And that I've worked diligently to stop that from happening. And that anytime that I see a creative person or opportunity come across my path now lately, that I've just grabbed a hold of it and kept pushing with it. And even when I see I feel that something like might not be right or when I feel like reflexively I might be ready to pull away, I don't allow myself to do it. I try to embrace the unknown and embrace the possibility of what if everything that I've dreamed of or wanted isn't over that hill. Maybe it's something even better. Or maybe it's something that is a lot more simpler than I've been thinking about. And that's not a, that's not a bad thing either. Because if it's simpler, that means it'll be easier for me to reach it. Who knows? I'm just glad that I finally got to the point where I realized that I do that sometimes and that, and once I know that, and and since I know that that's an issue and it's something that I can do, that I can actually put a stop to it. That's what I'm excited about. That's what I would tell anybody else who. Maybe thinking about who who may have figured that out about themselves, or uh, anybody else who who is wondering why like they always hit a certain snag in life or hit a certain point, and when things are going good, and then all of a sudden it goes backwards. Like really look back, look inward, and think: Is it going backwards on its own, or are you taking it backwards? Is it going backwards on its own, or are you? you sabotaging it. Because, see, I have another tattoo um, that, that, that is kind of related to the exact same situation. It's another uh, quote from a Shakespeare play. It's from Julius Caesar. And the quote says, the tattoo says, it's Cassius speaking to Brutus as Caesar's coming back in the room. The quote says, the fault there, Brutus, is not in our stars but in ourselves. What that quote means to me is, what Cassius is telling Brutus is, The fact that we're losing all power and Caesar's taking over, that wasn't fate. That wasn't the gods. That wasn't anything. That was us. We allowed this to happen. We sabotaged our own power. When we granted him full power to do what he needed to do on the battlefield, he capitalized on that. We did that. We allowed that to happen. I think people, we do that very same thing in our own lives. We we allow things to happen, and then because we don't want to take responsibility or we want to bail out, we say, well, it's just fate. It was just meant to happen. Like this didn't happen because something else better is coming or it just wasn't in the cards. That's BS. You got to take responsibility for that. Maybe it didn't happen because you made the wrong decision or the wrong choice. Maybe it didn't happen because you sabotaged it because you were afraid of the possibilities. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't regroup from that and grow from that and achieve that same goal later on or achieve something better later on or or, or, or figure out how to do something else that will make you successful later on. But sometimes everything that happens negatively to us isn't somebody else's fault. It's not the stars. It's not fate. It's not some god or whatever. Sometimes we mess that up for ourselves. And once we get able to see that and take responsibility from that, we'll be all the more better for it. Um so etch my spiel on that. So I think so 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 there's several things to take away from um this 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 little segment that I you know that I've talked about, you know, when are you best or your best self? Are you in your best self? I think that you are your best self when you are number one, allowing yourself just to be. When you are thinking for yourself. When you're allowed when the most natural things for that there is for you to do, you're allowing that to kind of come out. When you're allowing your natural gifts to just come come forth. When you are relaxed, when you're in a position of comfort, when you are when you are collaborating or you are engaging in positive relationships. You are at your best self when you feel like you are completely happy for you. About where you are in life, where you're going in life, and the path that you're taking to get there. You are your best self when you can recognize when, when you aren't on your path that you're able to look within and figure out how do I fix this? How do I change this? How do I get back on the path to, to what I want to be as a person and what I want to be in life and the goals that I set for myself? And you are your best self when you're able to take responsibility for the fact that sometimes when you aren't reaching that goal, sometimes it might just be you. Sometimes it might just be you that, are, that is running away from that, from that goal, from that gift, from, from that grandiose idea or feeling that you have set for yourself. I believe if we keep all those things in mind, we will be, will in essence, be our best selves. When we lose sight of these things, I believe that we're bec- we become our worst selves. So that's my that's my little spill on that. Um, take it how you take it how you will. Um, I'd be interested to see what other people think about it. Um, if you got a comment or something about that, uh, agreement, disagreement, something you want to add to it shoot me an email to chilltimepod at gmail, and uh, we'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely address that. Uh, on a lighter note, um, I kind of wanted to finish this podcast off just talking about the... I wanted to talk about some of my favorite music um, of all time, some of my favorite albums. Um, the reason I want to talk about that is because I was listening to some music the other day. I rarely listen to the radio um Going to or coming from work I always pretty much just listen to a podcast Not a podcast, sorry, a playlist um, On my phone And just kind of let the Bluetooth sync in my car And listen to something on the phone um, But I was listening to the radio And I was just like What is this garbage that they are playing these days? You know what I mean? A lot of this top 40s garbage is it's, it's just that, it's hot flaming garbage But at the same time I kind of had to look back and I had to humble myself too. And I had to realize, you know what? I think it's garbage, uh, but these artists aren't really making music for me. They are making music for the generation under me or the people who like it. Even though I don't like it, listen, they are getting radio play and they're getting paid because there are other people out there who like it. There are people who like the, the, you know, the mumble, the mumble rap, the Migos, the the Cardi B's, the J Lo's, the any other anybody else out there in the music industry that you don't feel has any real talent or any real skill, you can add them to that list. But I had to humble myself, like man, they ain't making this music for me. They making it for the people. They making it for the people who 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 support them. And obviously there's a decent amount of people who support them because i tell you right now, I bet you their bank accounts are bigger than mine. I do well for myself, but I dang sure ain't making the type of money that some of these other musicians and artists out there are like. But I will tell you, but I will talk about um, the artists who I do feel like make music for people like me. I'll talk about the uh, the albums and the artists who who make me love music. The albums and the artists who, this day and age, I am geeked to hear about their making a new project. I'll talk about the albums and the artists who got me started into listening to certain types of music and got me to really appreciate um, where music came from, um, the potential for it, um, the the lyrical dexterity and, and, and capabilities of some of them, you know what I mean? Like, the, the voices, the, the creativity that comes out of some of the music. Um, so, with you know, without any further ado, I'll go ahead and get into that, because um, I'm sitting here throwing out all these accolades. I'm sounding like like I'm a, a, a dying king and stuff, I'm sitting here rattling off different adjectives left and right. Some of them probably don't even make sense, but Whatever. Um, so, the first group of artists and an album that is classic to me, and, um, oh, and I just want to say, any of these artists and albums that I'm throwing out there, like, take note if you haven't listened to them already, go listen to them. If you don't own them, download them. But, you know, I'll get back to the list. Um, Eric B. and Rakim, paid Them Full. Listen, that whole album was... Just dope It's a classic Any <clears throat> Any hip hop head I would say From The early 90s on Late 80s whatever Will tell you this is an album That you gotta have in your You gotta have in your catalog um, Especially the 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 self title The title track Paid in full As soon as that bass line come out You know what it is you know what it is. I mean, there's been. I think there's been so many samplings of that beat. That's how you know that it was that Eric B. really did, really did what he. You know, what I'm saying, really, really laid down a classic. You know that you've laid down something great when, when everybody needs to sample it. And then, what can I say about Rakim Allah, one of the greatest lyricists ever? Um, he was so dope. I don't know if anybody has seen it, the movie Juice with <clears throat> Tupac was in it. Um, Omar Epps, classic '90s movie. Um, Rakim pretty much did the whole soundtrack. He I, he did actually not pretty much. He did the whole soundtrack for that entire movie. Um, <clears throat> with the, especially with the song "Know the Ledge" on there. Soon as that come, I mean, as soon as anybody started that one, everybody would know what it is. Um, so that's 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 you know my probably my first the first one that I would throw out there. The second album that. I would have to highlight album and, and artist that I would have to highlight would be um, Illmatic, Nas's debut album. Uh Halftime It ain't hard to tell What's the what's the third The, the world is mine. Whose world is this? God. Those, oh, those three tracks themselves are in the hip-hop pantheon. That album, to me, um, and there might be some some people who agree or disagree. that album itself is probably might be one of the top three to four, five one of the top three to four uh, albums ever made in the history of hip hop. but that's me. Um, I'm also a 80s kid. There might be some some cats older than me who would argue, and I know some of these some people some of these folks in this younger generation would definitely come out argue with me about that. But I'm sorry, Illmatic it stays top three for me. Um, another album that I think is super dope that really uh it helped. To be honest, I'm gonna be real. It actually help, it actually helps put me in a creative mindset um, when I'm working on projects. John Coltrane, a love Supreme. Some have said that that album is even, is somewhat spiritual. The way Coltrane played, I mean, he's, and for those of you who don't know, John Coltrane is one of the greatest jazz musicians ever. One of the greatest jazz musicians Ever. I don't think anybody would... I just can't see anybody arguing that. And if they did, that's actually one thing that I would say. I know everybody has an opinion, and this is a country of free speech. I would tell you you were an idiot, and that you're completely wrong if you couldn't say that A Love Supreme is one of the greatest jazz albums ever. It just is. So I'm I'm, I'm, going to leave that at that. Uh, Most deaths Black on Both Sides. I remember the 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 seminal track on that album I think that everybody uh everybody knows is is Miss Fat Booty. That was like you know what I'm saying that was back in the day when I believe he was like being produced by Rockus Records. Um and and most really you know that kind of helped introduce the world to Most Death aka Yasin Bay and he hadn't looked back since. Um I guess now recently he's kind of retired from hip-hop. I think he still tours and stuff, but the last album that he really cut was produced by a project he did with Ferrari Shepard called December 99th. Um, Common, Like Water for Chocolate. He's got a a track on there called Heat. It was Heat. I'm going to leave it to you like that. Like Water for Chocolate, to me, is Common's best album. Now I'm a huge Common fan. And I, I've I've got his whole catalog. I got all of his stuff. I remember when he before he was common and he was called Common Sense. Um, so so that is what it is. Um, but if you haven't heard the Like Water for Chocolate album, you need to jump on that. Outcast, Stankonia, and AT Aliens. Do do you guys really need me to say more? Because those two those two albums first of all everybody knows who outcast is. They pretty much transcended generations. They're one of the few groups where it doesn't matter what generation you are, people have respect for them and realize what they've brought to to the rap game. So that I mean that that, that's what it is. Uh, Miles Davis kinda blue. Love Miles. Everybody, most people know who Miles is. One of the greatest jazz composers and musicians ever. One of my favorite tracks. Now, the 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 album that I really enjoy of his is kind of blue. Um, The song is all blues. I remember first hearing that track. Actually, I was watching um, Mo Better Blues with Denzel Washington, Spike Lee movie. Spike Lee's my favorite uh, director, so I've haven't watched all his movies. But it was, uh, that track was playing, I believe, when Denzel's character was meeting up with one of his ladies in the house. He had just finished kind of rehearsing in his house, um, on his trumpet. And I just remember listening to that and just uncontrollably, like, my head was just, was just bopping with it. And you know something really gets you, something's really dope when you don't even know, like, you know you can't even control it, but you're just banging with it, you're rocking with it. Um... The next album and the next song that I'm going to talk about is actually what got me introduced into hip-hop. Now, when I was growing up, hip-hop was all around, and I heard it, but I didn't really pay much attention to it because I was raised on reggae music, and my granny and my pops and them also play some some of the old R&B, stuff like that, you know, some Teddy Pendergrass, you know, the Al Greens and stuff like that, but... First of all, Midnight Marauders, Low End Theory, and We Got It From Here. We Got It From Here being the last album that they dropped. You need to get all of those. But there's a certain track that I heard that really got me into hip-hop, really got me consciously searching for hip-hop albums and wanting to listen to rap. And that song is Electric Relaxation. I can tell you where I was when I first heard that song. I was at my cousin Mark Edwards' Shout out to my man Mark, um, out in Lexington, Kentucky. He was like a big brother to me at the time. I followed; he was my older cousin. I followed him everywhere. Remember, I was going. We had just finished hooping at the local rec center outside, and I walk with him back to his crib. And I remember he kind of put the, the tape in this old cassette player, and we're about to play Sega, um, Sega Genesis for y'all who's old enough to remember that. Play this Jordan versus Bird game that he used to always stomp me at. Because I didn't have a Sega and I ain't know none of the controls. And he would never tell me how to play. He would just say, You'll figure it out. So I used to just get whopped left and right on that game. But I remember he started playing it. And once again, you know, you just uncontrollably like bop into it. And that was that was my introduction to hip hop. That was that was that started me actively searching out, looking for artists and looking for for, for songs Because I wanted something to re- recreate The feeling I had when I first heard that That album and I first heard that song It was unbelievable to me um, The next one I want to highlight She's actually current right now Rhapsody Layla's Wisdom The latest album she just dropped And she got an album she dropped a few years back Called She Got Game. There's a track called Kingship Cold Unbelievable, she is a top ten lyricist right now in hip hop. She's underrated, but I have a feeling that she's gonna start. She's gonna start to. She's gonna start to be known because she's up there with Kendrick. And you know what Kendrick just did for hip hop? First, first hip hop artist to have in the first uh, album with 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 Damn to win a Pulitzer Prize. So, I mean, needless to say, Kendrick Lamar is on there for Damn, for To Pimp a Butterfly, um, Good Kid, Mad City. All three of them albums are classics. Um, and he's got an album called Untitled, which I actually like. It's probably, I think, the second best album he's ever made, which I, I love that album. Um, but that was released a couple years back. Um, so that 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 is uh, something y'all might want to look at. It's called Untitled by Kendrick Lamar. Shabazz Palaces album called Black Up there's a track called Are We are like are you there you were you and it the best the best way I can explain it is just majestic it's it's like the, the the beat everything is is transcendent and for those of you who are 80s kids like me one of the um one of the members of Shabazz Palaces Actually used to be a member of the uh, the old hip-hop group, Diggable Planets. So any of y'all who remember that, you know what I'm saying? We cool like that. We hip like that. That's Oh, one of them, you know, you know, left, went off in Seattle, you know, hooked up with another cat and created this group called Shabazz Palaces, which is produced some real dope avant-garde hip-hop. Um, and they got like three or four albums out now. Run the Jewels, every last one of their albums. Killer Mike LP, they do it. Killer Mike is probably the most well known of the group now because he's uh he's kind of out there, you know what I mean? With, with politics, um, he's, a, he's he's turned into a a, a real life public figure. Um, but for those who only know about him from you know talking about political issues and supporting Bernie Sanders and all this other type of stuff, that he's kind of been, you know, his little little bitty spat with Joy Ann Joy Ann Reed, which they kind of squashed. Um, this past weekend, Killer Mike is one of the dopest MCs, you know. What I mean, on a planet. Um, so, so for y'all who who are not, you know, current with his catalog, run the jewels one two, you know, one two and three. Get all get all three of those. Um, there is an artist out there named Rodriguez. He's got an album called Cold Fact. I learned about him from watching 60 Minutes, believe it or not. And he was this old musician, I believe, from Detroit. Who nobody ever really knew about But it turns out even though nobody knew about him in America He was actually huge in South Africa During their revolution against apartheid Like his music was considered revolution music So while nobody paid attention to this guy here Nobody cared about him and He even was I think might have been on hard times at one point um, He was huge in South Africa And people would have treated him like a king there um now he's kinda gotten his just due and people kinda know who he is. Not enough, but um if you haven't, check out Rodriguez and his album called Cold Fact. Slum Village. Fantastic volume two. I don't even want to tell you about it. I just want you to go listen to it. I mean the group is not even what it what it what it what it, what it is now is not what it was when it started out, but I mean, I remember I remember that from, like, high school. That, and they had an album called J88. They're, to me, they're one of the first hip-hop groups that really came out of Detroit that was really about anything to me. I know everybody knows about Eminem and, you know, the little group that he came out with, but Slum Village kind of started it all as far as as far as really representing Detroit um, on the hip-hop scene to me in my opinion, that I that I know of. And then, uh, I'll give you three more before I get out of your hair. Toro Moi, album called Underneath the Pine. Super great, super smooth, like, jazzy, alternative, I don't even know what to put it under. But it puts me in a good space. I have all his albums. I know that he is... I feel like more people should know about him. I've seen him in concert, and I will tell you that he was... I, I'm not big on concerts, but he's one of the few people that I would go check out on con, in concerts. Um, his other name is Chaz Bundick. So if you've heard of Chaz Bundick, that is Toro Waimoa. Um, so look out for that album, Underneath the Pine, which is probably my favorite album of his that is out. Um, Wu-Tang. As they used to say, Wu-Tang is for the children. Uh, Wu-Tang Forever, that double album, came out when I was in, like, 10th, 11th grade. I really hope I don't need to explain to y'all why that's so cold and why that's so dope. I really don't hope I need to explain to y'all why Wu-Tang is, is legendary and why they're a classic. If I do, shame on you. <laughs> shame on you. Like like ODB, ODB used to say, shame on... a. Who tried to put, yeah, hey, you can fill in the blanks, you know what I mean? Uh, And then I want to talk about my guy, Saul Williams. He's got an album, you know, everybody knows him as a poet, and he's, you know what I'm saying, he's done a lot of spoken word. He's got an album called The Inevitable Rise of Nicky Tardust. Yo, every track is fire. Every track is fire. And I think that if more people would be open to to other forms of hip hop this day and age, other than especially with this newer generation, anything other than the mumble rap or the trap music or whatever, I think he is actually the type of artist that is like trans like. Transcendental, like he he, it does. I think if you actually gave him a chance, these young cats actually gave him a chance. They would really enjoy his work because his music, his style, the stuff that he talks about, really truly does. Like you know, I'm saying transcend generations, much like Nas, um, and Outkast. So so, I mean, as far as as far as that goes, those are artists and albums who I feel like. Are probably not everybody. They're not. They're not all my favorite art. You know, artists and albums. But that's a good chunk of them. And if for anybody out there who's really looking to expand their uh, their music, their musical catalog, I would suggest starting off with those artists because it's a nice, um, it's a nice variety um, with some classic joints mixed in there from the old and a couple with the new. Um, and. You know what, that is, uh, that's pretty much all I got for y'all today. I would like to say I appreciate everybody jumping in and listening, you know, listening and following the podcast. Once again, I've always said if anybody has any critiques, anything you hate about it, anything you like about it, any questions you have, absolutely anything, please shoot me an email to chilltimepod at gmail.com and I'll get to that. Any suggestions about topics, absolutely anything. I am open to any of that. Um, I love the support that I've been getting from those who have been listening loyally. I'm going to continue to do this and try to be be better for y'all. And as far as I just learned today, too, we're on, I can be found on something called Castbox. I didn't even know what Castbox was until I kind of checked the analytics this week. And that kind of popped up as a platform that the podcast was on. So apparently now we're on Castbox. Um, the podcast is also on Stitcher. It is on Google Play. It is on iTunes. It is on and it is on iHeartRadio. Radio. Um, and obviously it's on Pippa Podcaster. So um, if you can spread the word about the podcast. Let everybody know that those are the different platforms you can listen on. And until we meet again, this has been Chill Time as Will Time. I appreciate you guys listening. And y'all be easy.
0: It. Heavy, a light with trueness. Always a way of losing. Compelled to knew it. My body travels, my mind waits behind the music. My crime be muses. Relax inside my shiny blueness. Time I understand it, but I never choose it. I can't explain it with words. I have to do it. The ship I came here on vanished. We automatic, don't try to plan it But yeah, just when it comes, handling. Behind the lessons Miles beneath the slick dressing Niggas distressing About shit they should be sure they guessing I twirl it cool and peel the you Cause they are a-vesting The red jumpsuit and Chinese slippers I'm still impressive. All up on the racks Old school cat from way back Cause he not wiping off this my impression He asked me how you float off shop and always have a fresh one And seem to know the answer to the most proverbial questions I told him and she swirled it in a book of sketches I find the diamonds underneath the subtlest inflections Hard oh, dude, the spicier the food When you choose, fuck they rules It's a feeling, 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 it's a feeling. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. It's a feeling, it's a feeling.